Hello everyone. So today is a very special episode because I'm going to be interviewing my love, Adam Diamond, who is a very, very special soul with an amazing story of healing through plant medicine and breath work. And if you know him, you know that he's a little bit of an alien. So I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting episode and we'll get into it. Hello, Adam. Hello, Bailey. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me on your show. Letting me podcast in your room. Very exciting. I feel like I have so many things that we could talk about, that we do talk about. But since this is about healing and about breath work, I knew that I needed to interview you on here because you're such a living, breathing example of how breath work can actually turn your life around. Mm. So I'd love to just get straight into how you found breath work and why you've made it part of your life. Okay, so I, um, I'm quite new to breath work in a way. My breath work journey started actually started last October, back in 2019, where everyone had a smile on their face, mm-hmm. everyone was happy. Um, we won't go into it. So back in 2019, I, um, I started doing a form of breath work called the Wim Hof Technique. Now, um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will would have heard of Wim Hof. He's yeah. very famous. And um, if you haven't heard of Wim Hof, you should go find him on Instagram because he's actually so entertaining. He's like, is he from Iceland? He Wim Hof, actually, I believe he's Austrian, but don't hold me okay. to that. I'm bad with facts and you'll probably get that that vibe from this this podcast that like I don't know my <laughs> I don't know my shit but I can I can talk you're a good very t- convincing about I'm it I'm very convincing <laughs> I can talk a good talk um but Wim Hof I believe he's Austrian he's very very well known yeah his uh, YouTube videos are a great starting point his website then you can delve a bit deeper and pay for some stuff he's um, the guy that's gotten people into these cold showers yeah. so he well does- they call him the Iceman So I think what made him famous, there was a Vice documentary about him called The Iceman, um, which I remember watching years ago. Mm. And I had no idea that actually he was a a master of his own breathwork technique. I know that he was going into very cold conditions, very cold climates. uh, And and the reason you probably mentioned Iceland is because the Iceman... Went to, Iceland. <laughs> went to Iceland, went into some very cold water. Uh, he, you know, he'd get naked. He'd get other people there who were naked, and they'd all mm-hmm. go into this pool. And it's it's like cryotherapy in a way. Yeah. And cryotherapy is a massive thing. It's a big thing now. You can go to day spas and do this. Yeah. But he was just going and just going into ice pools. Natural but anyway, so he came up with like breathwork surrounding that and this like hyperventilation. Mm. Yeah. And now it's people have realized like he's really onto something because you take these cold mm. showers with some breathwork yes. and you just feel euphoric. Yeah. And actually the cold showers is something I'm more recently into. But I found out uh, 
I got introduced to the Wim Hof technique by my friend Chris, who uh, he's a really cool guy. Um, we're really close. We're like family. You can look him up on Instagram. He's called The Conscious Cook. Uh, Instagram at Conscious Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, he met, he's a chef. He makes incredible, um, you know, delicious dishes, vegan techniques, but also um, just using like really great organic ingredients. But anyway, he uh, is very much into breath work and Wim Hof. Um, he's been doing it for a while and he kept telling me about it. And I always just thought Wim, like breath work and Wim Hof, like they're not doing anything. It's not... It's just someone sitting there breathing. I think that's like people take a while to kind of get into it because you're like, oh, how much can really happen through breathing? I think Mm. like we're so quick to like look for like pay for something that will make us feel better or be sold on something that's really extreme. But like breath work does so much and it's Mm. just like the simplest concept ever. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting because, well, all this, you know, all that kind of stuff, meditation, breath work. Uh, a lot of people who've never tried it do have preconceptions about it. Mm. I I have family members who have been quite cynical about mm. breathwork meditation. Then I've taught them mm-hmm. some simple practices that have uh, been very beneficial. And I was the same when I saw what Wim Hof was doing and what other people were doing with breathwork. I had no idea that it was the kind of thing that you could do every day and it would change your life. I yeah. thought it might have some kind of impact on your day. I yeah. didn't think there would be a long-term impact. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think it would be life-changing. I thought it's just like similar to meditation. You get told that med- you, you should meditate once a day and that will help clear your mind, which I see like a short-term thing that you have to do every day mm-hmm. with um Breathwork, it's similar. You should do it every day. You should try yeah. this Wim Hof technique every day. But if you're battling from things like anxiety, depression, even more severe issues like suicidal thoughts, um, mm. if you're dealing with, you know, some emotional trauma, anything, I really suggest you get into breathwork and do the and, and try the Wim Hof technique because the Wim Hof yeah. techni- technique is um, a really good starting point. Easy to do, and you can do it five minutes a day. Um, So let's talk about how you kind of found breathwork. Because I think it's cool that you remember seeing that years ago, because I feel like a lot of times you get these little messages, Mm. like tiny little pings, Mm. and then eventually it's like you really need it, and the universe just kind of like brings it to you. So the story of how you got to breathwork, I think, is so cool. Yeah. So let's talk it's about interesting because, like I said, I saw it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw documentaries about it, and it, I kind of smiled and smirked. I saw Breathwork on a Louis Theroux documentary. Um, Who's Louis Theroux? Louis Theroux. Who is that? Do you not know him? No. Uh, I, well, you need to. He's got his Who's own Louis? podcast. He's got all sorts going on. He's a British documentary maker. He's got some really cool documentaries that I'm sure a lot of later. the people listening will will know of Louis, Louis Theroux. Um, but I remember smirking, seeing stuff. I've had friends do it. They told me for years, get into it, but I never did. So how did you... I want to know how you got into it, because this is such a cool story. Yeah, of course. So I 
the way I started my breathwork journey was I, I mean, to, to go back a few years, I was battling uh, with some really severe drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is drug addiction where I was, um, the drug I'm referring to, which I had a real problem with, is ketamine. And I was taking ketamine a lot on a daily basis. Um, it would vary like how much I would take per day, but it was a horrible addiction. And the thing is, I ketamine is a recreational drug. People take it in clubs. Mm. I got into it from taking it in nightclubs, you know, mm. buying it and having it, mm-hmm. you know, when you're partying. Um, I got into it on a kind of, addictive basis where I'd just be sitting at home watching films uh and tv and 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 just you know kind of outside of the party world I got into Mm -hmm. it um because I helped I I found that it really helped relieve anxiety and anxiety is something I've always suffered from 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 a from from like my early 20s and I can't really put my finger on how I became an anxious person I know anxiety is such a um there's a broad spectrum, but there's also, uh, it's a really common thing. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, I think some of the older generations might look at anxiety and think we're, you know, they call us the, the, the snowflake yeah. gener. you know, they call us the snowflakes, don't they? Because exactly. we're easy, we're very sensitive, sensitive, but it's to be taken seriously, anxiety. Um, it's a really Definitely. important issue. And I was taking ketamine because every time I got anxious, I would take some ketamine and it would actually relieve relieve yeah. anxiety. And by no means am I um, trying to promote ketamine yeah. uh, as a drug. I, I if anything, I'm I, I, I'm hoping people will listen to this podcast and yeah. think twice before getting into. But that's why like these things are so addictive because it's like they offer this like temporary relief exactly, and then it's like it just creates yeah. like a build up until yeah. you know you have all these things under the surface For that sure. you've been suppressing. Yeah, and I, you know, with with the addiction, it lasted years. I mean, I was an on and off addict for ten years, I'd say, um, and I tried everything from going to therapy, cognitive behavioural therapy and seeing a therapist to talk about my problems as well I tried narcotics anonymous uh Mm. I um you know I went to the doctor to see if they could do anything and they they were helpful in certain ways but very unhelpful in certain ways um because they're reluctant to actually put you on any anxiety medication here in the UK. If I was if I was in yeah. your homeland in the states, mm-hmm. it's not great. They've got a very bad pharmaceutical problem, but they do get you on medication yeah. here. It took me two years for a doctor mm-hmm. to say, "Okay, here's a drug that might relieve your anxiety." Before that, mm-hmm. I had probably ten appointments with a doctor that kept saying, "No, I'm not going to put you on any drugs." Uh, you need to go, you need to exercise, you need to do this, that and the other, you need to go to therapy. So I tried everything. Mm -hmm. And then I found out about ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. which... um, So if not to talk for you, but for anyone that's listening, who hasn't heard of ayahuasca, it's a traditional spiritual medicine that belongs to the indigenous people of the Amazon. 
And so it's, you might have heard of people going to Peru to participate in the ceremonies, or you can get it in other places, but it's a little bit harder to come by. Um, and I've done it once in a very unceremonious setting, which I wouldn't really recommend, but I still received major benefits from it. And it said to cure anxiety, PTSD, depression, um, self-worth issues, and it's helped a lot of people that have had these ongoing addictions that are just so mm-hmm. tired of trying mm-hmm. all of the things and not seeing results. Yeah. Um, and the medicine is from plants, but it, so it includes DMT and it takes you on a trip, but it's a very awakening trip. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a drug that someone would abuse. It's a very mm-hmm. insightful experience that just takes you like really deep into yourself. Mm-hmm. So let's get right into it and talk about your experience with ayahuasca because I think I could listen to people's stories sure. about plant medicine for ages. Okay, so um, I got into ayahuasca. I had um, two really close friends that trained in the jungle um, in Iquitos in Peru. Mm. And um, they they tra- the reason they trained is because... They, uh, I guess, had similar issues to me that they were suffering from. Uh, not, you know, it didn't. Uh, I guess they couldn't really find a solution. They were a bit lost in the UK, and they decided to go to Peru for some plant medicine for like you know ceremonies, not just one, but like stay there for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ended up that my friend who was out there. Mm-hmm. he had this kind of calling to become to train to be a shaman and mm-hmm. just stay and uh for for an extensive time and really learn the medicine and his girlfriend she was there uh and the more healing she did as well the more she kind of got told that she should be a shaman as well so they trained together and they've got an amazing story and I, i've said this to you before but you should try and get them on this show really uh, and and they can t- I mean they have got some incredible stories but that's for another time but they told me about all the amazing work they were doing healing people and healing people with the same problems I've had and I've suffered from um and you know it the way the way they describe the stories it's like we've all been through the same thing mm-hmm. you know everyone's tried everything everyone's tried to heal themselves in so many ways um and this it just sounded powerful this plant medicine and i can't tell you too much about ayahuasca like i i'm not an expert i don't uh i don't can't tell you the history and i don't fully know how it was used by the shamans and by the peruvians originally but i know it is a healing powerful psychedelic uh drug that is it's actually much more than a psychedelic drug because it doesn't just give you visions that kind of reprogram the brain, but also there is an everlasting effect on you. And it's something that can't be explained. There's a magical quality to Mm -hmm. that plant medicine. And actually what I can tell you is the ayahuasca and the DMT that's extracted, that is tree bark that's extracted from a particular tree and that tree those trees have some kind of magical property. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing with like ayahuasca is it's 
it's been shown to have the most lasting effects. And it's like these people that do ayahuasca are just unrecognizable after. Like Mm. you just see so many people struggle with addiction and they Mm. kind of go to these treatments, which Mm. I'm sure whenever you are deep in it, you just want anything that will work. Mm. But it's like taking medication is always kind of taking you outside of yourself and just kind of like numbing you. But it's like with ayahuasca, it actually takes you into like the real stuff that's going on inside. Big time. So you can um, kind of like finally just mm. deal with it. Yeah, it's a strange one. It's, uh, I find like, you know, talking about what you said with all the other methods, with the therapy, with the medication, mm. it's one of those things. It doesn't kind of solve the problem or change you. It, yeah. I guess it just hides it all in a way. Whereas yeah. ayahuasca gets everything out of you yeah it uh it will it will make you see the world in a different way and that's why why i think the hallucinations are there because they are there to teach you some things about yourself teach you some lessons and give you some things to think about and like show you what you're i think when you're in addiction it's like you're not really able to see things clearly and i've just heard people say that with ayahuasca it's like they were able to see it from a different perspective exactly it's a complete right like, reprogramming of bre- of the brain but yeah. i had the opportunity to do it for the first time in the uk my friends tom and jess they were doing uh group sessions which for some reason i kind of had a feeling that that wasn't for me doing it in a group and i said look i would love it if they, I could just have a private ceremony, which is kind of, you know, mm. it's a little bit selfish. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. But I think that's such a cool, like, it's so cool to be able to do it with friends as well. Yeah, I think it was be, feeling comfortable. I was in a really fragile place when I had my yeah. first ceremony. You know, I was still battling with heavy addiction, anxiety, mm-hmm. some really bad forms of insomnia. And not to mention, mm-hmm. uh, well, I will mention the health uh you know, the 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 adverse effect that ketamine had on my health. Yeah. Because if you know anything about ketamine, you'll know it completely fucks up your organs and can yeah. get to a kind of irreversible way where you'll yeah. you'll you'll have long term medical issues if you you know if you carry on doing it. Um I and I'm like, you know I'm still dealing with that now. Yeah. I just feel like ketamine, like it's important to talk about because there really isn't that much out there for people that are dealing with it. I didn't know what it was in the States. I don't think it's very big there yet, or I don't know. Well, it's the thing, and I mentioned it loosely before, but they're using ketamine in labs and uh, doing medical trials. And there's actual ketamine trauma centers where they send alcoholics and suicidal people and they give them ketamine. So there are are some... um, there are some yeah. like be- positive benefits, but it sorry, seems going like back when you're like using like snake venom to like treat a snake bite, like ketamine yeah. seems like it can either be like a bad thing True. or it can be used. Well, you just like- got to use it in the right way. And what I was doing, I was self-medicating in the real wrong way. But I had the opportunity to do a ceremony with with my my friends. I call them my shamans now. Yeah, I like the way funny. you say shamans. They're just my shamans. Um, but I. You know, it's funny, I kind of felt like a kind of spoiled brat because I was like, I just want them all to myself. I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to do it in a group. I just wanted yeah. like it all to myself. Um, I was with the group and I remember see, like this 
it was hard for me to have my own experience because there was a girl next to me that was having such a hard time. And it's like, I wanted to go and help her. Well, that's what I had heard about them. You know, you have people, everyone's dealing with their own problems. And I didn't really want any other distractions. And, you know, you, you're there to purge. You're there to, you know, be sick and let, let this all out. So that's another part of it as well is like ayahuasca is known to just make you like puke your brains out basically yeah. it's like a physical cleansing yeah. as well as there's some physical cleansing cleansing but i feel like the purge is symbolic and the purge yeah. is actually emotional cleansing i do think there's physical benefits i there's something that and you'll know it from like some uh a retreat that you're planning on going to but there's something called cambo which is like frog's yeah. venom yeah which is more of a physical cleanse I'm so interested in this as well. So yeah. I've never done Cambo. You've done it like a few times I, now. Well, no, I've, I've had it once and I definitely felt some great benefits. Yeah. I do want to go back and I have, um, you know, I have a friend who's who's an amazing person and she, yeah, she, she, you know, she, she does Cambo um, and helps a lot of people. And I, I, I do want to go back. Um, so it's a little bit of a tangent, but because I think it's so interesting. Yeah. Cambo is, I don't want to get this wrong, but it's like, po- isn't it poison from a frog that they actually frog's, scrape Frog's poison, of. yeah. And the coolest thing that I've seen is like when these shamans go outside to collect it, it's like they call out to the frogs and the frogs actually like come to them yeah, and like come down the trees. really interesting. And they don't, the frogs don't get hurt in the process. Yeah. They, I think they tie them to something so they can collect it, but then they let them go. But you burn, or a shaman will burn holes in your skin. Just a little dot, a little burn, a little yeah. white dot into the and skin. And put coat it with yeah. the poison yeah. that goes into your system really mm. quickly. And it's supposed to be like I've heard that it can do what vaccines do for mm. you. It can just heal you from. from all kinds yeah, of I mean, there's a lot of benefits that I don't know too much about. I um. I did find I found it had a lot of great benefits, but in terms of ayahuasca, um, I did you know the purging is quite similar to cambo, um, but you know dip in a different way. Mm-hmm. I did it for the first time with Tom and Jess, and uh, it was you know out of this world that the. the the whole experience was magical. Do you um, think you could walk us through what happened in the ceremony, or is it all kind of abstract? I can. I can tell. I can tell you. I mean, to start with, you know, Tom and Jess, um, they are. They're basically they do this as a duo because mm-hmm. uh, usually you'd have one shame and they do it together. But tell uh, us about what was going on in your mind. So, so what? Take us into your brain. So to start with, it takes about 20 or 30 minutes for you to start. You have your eyes closed, you're lying down and you're comfortable. It takes about 20 or 30 minutes for mm-hmm. kind of visions to start. You, uh, and they and for me, it's imagine like a, a kind of faint drawing. Mm-hmm. So it was like that to start with. You could see the outline of shapes. And I was seeing the outline of little kind of creatures. Mm-hmm almost like beautiful birds uh i guess like they looked they could have looked a bit like egyptian looking i don't know how birds can look egyptian but they had 
you know the Egyptian drawings that mm-hmm. you see? They had those kind of beaky noses and really? yeah, and it was kind of like outlined drawings like that. And it was the the closest thing I can um, the closest thing I can compare it to is it reminded me of like an opening ceremony of the Olympics. I had these birds yeah. and animals and creatures dancing around, almost like in a beautiful. Uh, setting like beautiful green grass Mm -hmm. some waterfalls behind almost like one of those like nice Japanese gardens that kind of vibe Uh they were dancing around it was all very happy it was all very friendly and it was kind of like welcoming me in Uh, and some that was that that happened for ages that felt like it lasted for an hour but I think from what I worked out it actually lasted for 20 minutes that particular section of my trip um, and then I feel like we started to get into the nitty gritty stuff. There were, I mean, this was a while ago that I did it and I can't actually, um, I'm trying to think back. I can't remember, uh, everything that happened, but you know, there were little things that, which are quite common with ayahuasca trips where I got taken on a journey after I saw all that stuff with those little creatures. I was almost, almost picked up and was, was flying in the air with someone, mm-hmm. which I later found out, which, you know, you kind of get told that that person you're flying with is Mother Aya. Yeah. She's like the spirit of ayahuasca. Which I think it's so cool because it's like people, like, people that have done ayahuasca have been known to start seeing similar like characters and figures so it's like we're all kind of tapping into something that we've probably never seen before but it connects to what other people have seen and people have been able Mm. to like draw it this experience in particular flying in the air and i was getting taken to memories of my Mm. past vivid memories that i could see i was getting taken to social situations and mother i was saying look at this is what you're like this Mm -hmm. is how you are in these situations and if you type in online anything that happens in your ayahuasca trip, yeah, you will be amazed to see that uh, there's thousands of people that have had similar things happen to them. So it's yeah. no coincidence. What's the What's the one that this one makes me laugh? There's like one that's like known to come to people who are like very like mischievous yeah. and like. So there's a particular. Uh, there's like different spirit. Uh, see, I'm not explaining this very well because I don't know too much about it. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. But there's like ayahuasca spirits, and there's different ones. There's one. There's one called Chula Chappie, which is like that's the one. I mean, I can tell you a little bit more about Chula Chappie, but I wish we could show a picture somehow. That if you look him up online, anyone that's listening, Chula Chappie. Um, he's uh and you can see all the people that have like seen him and like you can see the peruvian drawings but a lot of people have him come he is in your trip and every so often he'll come to you and apparently he his personality is linked more to either very very beautiful attractive women or men who have had a naughty past whether it's Mm -hmm. been to do with drugs and partying whether it's to do with crime whether it's to do with um you know uh just being a bit mischievous and badly behaved rebellious so he has certain people that he likes to 
it's just like, it's one of those things. It sounds crazy to say out loud, but it's like, how else do you explain multiple people seeing the same thing that hasn't been shown before? Yeah. Like it just, there's no other way to explain it. Yeah, very much, very but much so. I remember like having such a connection to like Mother Aya and also just like this connection to the earth, but the earth feeling like it was its own like entity, entity and coming to me as though it was like this very mothering spirit. Mm. It was so beautiful. Um, I was just trying to find some more information on Chula Chappie, but this could take a while. But um, in terms of, you know, him being part of the trip, he came along and at certain times, I guess he was like saying, uh, I don't know, it's like you kind of get told off or you kind of get laughed at by him. Really? To, almost to tease you or almost to make you think, are you acting right in a certain situation? Mm-hmm. And very much my trip, and like I said, there are thousands of people would have had the same trip. Everyone's trips are different. And actually the second time around, mine was very vivid and very original and very much like a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found the first time round was very much about being fly- flown around. Uh, and there were a lot of like realizations. There were things you have to go into ayahuasca uh, almost with a, like asking some questions and mm-hmm. like, like having these intentions of what you want. Yes. Sorry. So you want to set some intentions. Um, I don't think I did it particularly right in the first time round. I knew that I wanted to go in and, uh, battle drug addiction, mm-hmm. but I think I went on the diet because there's a 10 day diet that you go on, mm-hmm. which is really important that you stick to that. And I did stick to it as much as possible. And I think there's a 10-day diet afterwards, which I found a lot harder to stick to. Mm. Um, but I don't think my I set my intentions correctly. And actually what I got out of it was, I think it was just an initial thing to say, you know, you're here now, mm. you've taken the first step to do ayahuasca. And like, if you want to carry on the journey, you can. Mm. But there were some pretty crazy things. Like, I've always had this, I mean, this goes off on a tangent, but like, I've always had these uh, things, like this this thought about dreams mm-hmm. and how dreams are, are more mysterious than we think and mm-hmm. they're not just visions of, for when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're linked to past lives, if you believe in mm-hmm. having past lives. Um and I always had a, a a thing that like dreams were like either, you know, memories from past life, memories from a, a, a future life, something like that. And it was interesting because I got flown to a field in, during my trip in Ayahuasca and um, I got put in the middle of a field on a chair and then the, the spirit, the mother eye that was with kind of... Um, I think kind of wrenched my mouth open, which I found really weird. And then for about three minutes, projections of like all these crazy dreams, or they could have been past lives either way. Yeah. Like I got a sense that it was something to do with dreams or past lives. And it kind of was like, 
ah, so that I've been thinking that for 20 years now. Yeah. That I've been wondering, that's just maybe com- confirming it. Or yeah. maybe it's te- telling me that it's something I need to delve deeper into and, and do some more kind of, yeah. have some more thoughts about. But anyway, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it makes sense because it's like your dreams are all the stuff that lives in your subconscious, Mm. whether it is from like past lives or this life. And like ayahuasca is taking you deep, deep into that level. Yeah. But it was really interesting um, because I had a lot of clarity after the first Mm -hmm. uh, ceremony. Yeah. Um, It didn't get me to where I wanted to be. It didn't really help me battle with with anxiety or addiction. Uh Not on a long-term basis, anyway. But it did give me some clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a couple of things that involved... Things related to maybe social situations, how I act. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I got shown how I act in pu- situations, in parties. Like giving you an awareness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a thing... I knew that I wanted to get out of kind of partying on yeah. Friday to Monday, you know, like not yeah. getting... You know, I would spend my weekends kind of starting drinking and taking drugs on a Friday and not go to sleep till Monday or Tuesday. Um, And I kind of got shown, like, is this really what you want? Like, I got shown, um, this is me. That's what I'm doing on the weekends. Could I be doing anything else? Yeah. Isn't there more to life? So it's kind of like that. And it's kind of like, this is how you act. Do you want, is that how you want to be seen? Yeah. Um, and you know, you should never judge yourself or you should never be but feel bad um, about what you've done in the past. Yeah. You know, the past is just the past. But I think that's like one thing ayahuasca helps with so much because wouldn't you say that like a lot of addiction is linked to shame or like having regrets around the past? Yeah. Like things that have happened. 100%. And it kind of helps you see it from this perspective mm. where it's like, actually, like if you just move forward from here, mm. like that's not something yeah. to be hung up on. 100%. Um, so yeah, the first ceremony, I mean, I could go into so much more detail with it. Yeah. Um, and I'll try and remember, uh, and you could like, if you wanted, I can like record it separately for you to try and remember exactly what happened. But then, so the second one was completely different for you. Cause I met you between the first one and yes, the second one. Then That's where we, when we met. Which yeah. is interesting because it's like, I've never known you to be this like big party boy or have a drug addiction mm. or have anxiety. Like you are mm. the least anxious person yeah. I've ever been around. Yeah. So you met me in a kind of new phase in my life, but it was still a crossover period. Mm. Um, I was trying really, really hard by the time you met me, which was, You'll know better than me. Last first, <laughs> last February or something. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so anyways, I remember you going into the lead up to the second one, and I just remember talking to you right after, and I just felt like there was such a shift in you, which even though mm. I didn't know the extremity of what you were going through before. Yeah, where the second one had some really powerful effects like I the second time round from doing from having the ceremony has been life-changing in in quite a few ways and this pro this like all leads up to the moment that I started doing breath work for the first time mm-hmm. so like I said breath work is very new to me but the second time round I realized the first time 
from doing ayahuasca the first time, I um, realised how powerful it could potentially be. And I didn't take it as seriously. Second time round, I went to town. I had intentions that I, you know, I I set intentions every night leading up to the moment that I, I had the ceremony. I did the plant diet uh, uh, religiously. Mm-hmm. Um and you're supposed to do it maybe 10 or 15 days before. So I did that. And I did 10 or 15 days after, which you're supposed to do. And I made sure I did that. So this second time round was so powerful. Um, I think ayahuasca, like the trips that you have, they're very personal. And it's like, I think if I went into everything that happened, I mean, even the first one doesn't make total sense and probably doesn't sound as majestic as I found it because mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a personal experience. And this second time around, I'm not going to go into too much detail about what happened, but it was powerful. It was really intense. Mm-hmm. I cried. I um, all sort of ha- all sorts of things happened. I had all sorts of emotions, and basically. The stuff I saw actually made no sense at all to me. The first time round, it's like, yeah, blah blah blah. This is what you look like in social situations. This time round, I'm I'm st- I'm with a black jaguar going up an '80s style Miami mansion up a lift to meet this weird guy with like massive feet who's like walking around <laughs> with a clipboard uh, and like basically everything's like got a kind of rainbow filter on, and I'm strapped to a dentist chair at one point and they're dang someone that i've got all these alien arms dangling like massive prawns with tentacles in my face so that just puts into context that that just means absolutely nothing but it was intense yeah. and i think the idea was to show me intense images to make me cry maybe i needed to cry maybe i need something needed to come yeah. out of me maybe i needed to get real i don't need know to, like crack through the layers yeah yeah but i had a lot of clarity uh, afterwards and thought a lot about things and um, you've asked me before there were you know this was at a time where me and you were first getting together and I'll be completely honest like I going into that uh, second time round of ayahuasca I was like how can I I'm like I knew I was in love with you straight away and I, I was like I can't put Bailey through all this like I'm trying to heal myself how can I, you know, this would be a burden to you. You're you're dealing with someone. You don't know me too well. You're dealing with someone that's dealing with like 10 years of drug addiction. Which I had like... Which you didn't know, didn't, didn't yeah. know about. And I was like, I'm not sure this is going to work out. I might have to tell Bailey it's not going to work out because I need, I, I need to concentrate on myself. And afterwards I had some major clarity and I got told, um, you know, by you kind of get have a voice afterwards. Mm. There's like the spirits talking to you. And they told me that uh, the complete opposite, that I should persist with you and and everything's going to be all right and there's no reason yeah. to worry about any of that kind of stuff. But um, it's just like the beauty of like timing and how well things work out because I think it's like I didn't know about that, but like knowing that you were dealing with addiction, I would have still loved you, of mm. course. But I think, like, there would have been mm. a boundary of being in a relationship because mm. I've had to, like, I've, you know, my yeah. mom was an addict and I've been yeah. through that. And what from what I saw with her, I don't think I would have known that it's completely possible to be no. such a different person than who you were yeah. in your addiction because I just never got to see her sure. 
heal from it. But you, like your life today, it's, you yeah. would never know that you had no, been through that. It's funny, actually, because I was, yeah, such a different person in my heyday of addiction and mm. to where I am now. But I think the first time round, had we tried to make this work, it probably wouldn't have worked. I didn't take the yeah. addiction seriously. I didn't take the ayahuasca seriously. This second time round, I treated it so seriously and it worked in such a powerful way where actually I, um, I've always been bad at making decisions and I've made reckless decisions in my life. Um, and I work, I act on instinct a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I made that clear to ayahuasca and to the shamans and to my, to the plant medicine that, mm. Actually, a lot of the decisions that I've made that have kind of gone wrong, yes, some great ones have gone right. I've acted on instinct. We, When we met, it was all to do with instinct and yeah. acting on instinct. But a lot of things have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And even afterwards, you know, and I, even to this day, I've now got like a second voice in my head where I don't necessarily act on instinct. I yeah. make decisions based on a conversation I have with myself, yeah. which sounds... Uh, like I've got a split personality disorder or more like um, schizophrenia. I've got voices in my head, right? Which You're is not really... schizophrenic. And I was convinced I was schizophrenic yeah. because after, <laughs> after doing the ayahuasca, I thought something had gone wrong because I genuinely like the angel had... angel and devil on your shoulder. Yeah, but now it's very normal. Yeah. But I had a voice in my head uh, and this voice now is just your conscience. I just or... feel like it's your highest self. Like it's that version of you that's like probably been there sure. all along, but you just weren't. Yeah, Maybe but he was that person to. was hiding. That that yeah. second voice was hiding. Um, but I asked my shamans about that, and they were like, "Oh, we've heard loads of people say something similar." And it was nice to hear that other people have gone through the same thing. Yeah, you really do have that though. Like that's something that I noticed about you early on because it's like you, even when I've like come to you and I've acted in ways like maybe from a past toxic relationship where I've almost like started something out of nothing. Mm. It's like you have this emotional maturity Mm. where I feel like you're not reactive. Mm. Like you actually think about what you're saying Mm. and what you're like putting out there and you Mm. can be so mature about it. Mm. Yeah, true. And it's like if you had seen me two or three years ago, Mm. a completely different person, immature. I just um, can't even like picture it. It's, it was, you know, it's different. I didn't have, I, I wasn't a rational thinker. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't particularly sensible. And I do like being sensible now. I can still be myself and I can still be silly and act mm. like an idiot. But I can be sensible when I want to be. But the thing about, um, you know, ayahuasca is, it is, like I said before, it's a reprogramming of the brain. And that's why it helps so many people. Because clearly yeah. what's happened is, I've almost done the medicine. I've been analysed. What? What? How can we upgrade his brain? It's like a computer. And what all they've done is they downloaded. Okay, download second voice file. Dot. 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 Voice. Blah blah blah. So anyway, sorry, sorry I don't know where I went there. Um, but you know, it's like a download to the brain. So that happened. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the other download that brings us completely up to speed and more of a focus on what you do is I actually after ayahuasca, after being so good, and this goes to show that it is a battle and it's not, you know, there are always going to be obstacles. 
The second time round, I after being good for about a month, I had a relapse. I was in a dark place. I had suffering from anxiety, and I thought, mm. right, I this I'm at a low point. I I got some ketamine, mm-hmm. and I did it, and it was horrible. And there was almost like a download in the brain that made me like reject the ketamine. Really? Like I I sniffed it. Mm. I think I bought three bags of it. Okay. Which was like my usual thing back in my heyday, by by about three bags at a time. Yeah. Um, and I sniffed it. I sniffed about half a, a gram mm. of, of one of the bags, and um, I got really emotional. I, I started crying. Uh, but at the same time, because I'd been it been yeah. so long from doing ketamine, because it had been two or three months. Yeah. My tolerance was low, so I got quite, mm. you know, fucked off the off the ketamine. Yeah. Uh, and Basically, I got emotional, mm-hmm. and then the weirdest, weirdest thing happened. I, um, like, my body got taken over. Uh, and all I can explain is it got taken over by the ayahuasca spirits, and I started doing this thing. And if you've ever had an ayahuasca ceremony, you'll notice that the shamans, uh-huh. they blow out this smoke, um, yeah. It's called not not It's spelled like R A P E. Right? Maybe. But it's not pronounced rape. It's pronounced oh, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't about. want to get this wrong. I don't want to get it wrong either. But And I don't know if that's there's a smoke. Yeah. And I'm sorry I don't have all the names for you, but I just know my own experience. And then this woman's voice said don't work because I was crying at the time because I was so yeah. like ashamed and uh, distraught that I'm completely fucked up and I thought yeah. I'd been in a good place. And this voice said to me, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about anything. This was in a woman's voice. You don't have to worry about anything. We're, I'm here to look after you. Mm-hmm. you um, you're going to be fine. And that just gives if me you, chills. Yeah. And if you listen to me and you take my advice, I will tell you a method mm-hmm. of how to relieve your anxiety and just get high on life. Mm-hmm. And basically and then it would just went into a bit more explanation Mm -hmm. that i needed to start doing breath work Mm -hmm. and i know for anyone listening to this and anyone you know saying that just sounds crazy just believe me i am not the only person this has happened to this kind of thing happens to drug addicts that do ayahuasca all the time Mm -hmm. where they get voices they get told what the next step of their journey is and it sounds unbelievable and you know someone can be listening to this saying Oh, well, you were taking ketamine, so surely that was just part of your ketamine hallucination. But yeah. I was the only one there, so, you know, I can tell you yeah. that's not like anything like a ketamine hallucination. Something took over me. Yeah. And after I got told to look up breath work, which I did not know much about, yeah. the same thing happened. I went, pew, pew. Okay, um, and I couldn't believe it, and I it was like that was the yeah. craziest thing that's ever happened to me. And in the morning, the first thing I did was speak to my shamans and ask them what happened. And they mm-hmm. said we've had a lot of people that, that the same kind of things happen. That's so cool. And um, when I say the same kind of thing, it's the relapse. So they've told me that people would relapse, yeah. and if they've done the medicine correctly and they set their intentions correctly and they've done the diet correctly correctly that uh 
the same thing happened in the way that someone would relapse. Yeah. Then a voice would contact them and say, you're going to yeah. be okay. I can help you with this. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're getting looked after. And clearly, going back to what I was saying, like downloads to the brain, mm-hmm. this time round, it's like the spirit's new to just download yeah. that to the brain. I'm not necessarily saying there was something in the room. Maybe... That's just being downloaded. That whole experience I went yeah. through was a download to the brain. Well, it's like sometimes your intuition, I think it's like, like when I get these intuitive things, for me, it's like just a knowing, like all of a sudden you just know something mm. and it like wasn't clear to you before, mm. but it just comes in and yeah. it's like someone's told it yeah. to you, but you just know it. Yeah. And like I said, I knew what breath work was and I knew there were benefits and maybe that download was like, mm. he already has the knowledge, but we need to tell him to delve back yeah. into it. So anyway, that next morning, I rung my mate Chris. I, I told him what happened. Mm-hmm. He said, well, you need to get on YouTube now and you need to look up this guy called Wim Hof. Yeah. And from then on, I, um, I, I tried Wim Hof on the first day. And bear in mind, I was suffering, suffering from anxiety every day. And, you know, like mm-hmm. when I did get anxious, I would want to take drugs or drink mm-hmm. or smoke a cigarette. And I tried, I, I did Wim Hof on the first day and I tried it and it only, you know, his initial video is like 10 or 20 minutes and I felt amazing mm-hmm. and it kind of lasts the whole day, mm-hmm. that feeling. And I know exactly what they meant by you feel high on life. You know, when that voice yeah. told me, I'll tell, teach you a way to feel high on life. You do feel high, like, yeah. you know, it is like free drugs. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, do this because you'll get high and it will be fun for you. Do it to improve your life. It's like it. Yeah. And then like the beauty of it is that you like get that relief in the moment like you would from drugs, Mm. but you don't have like anything coming Mm. afterwards. It's going to make things worse. Like Mm. you don't have that. Like it's just like it's a high that just like keeps you going up and up. Yeah. It's crazy. And I just was so surprised about how. Uh, effective it was I was so surprised about how beneficial it's been to my life and since then my life since the day I woke up and I spoke to Chris and I Mm -hmm. I um looked up Wim Hof my life has been so different yeah and this was like almost a year ago now this was October yeah end of October I looked it up I haven't touched ketamine since then. Yeah. I uh, I also haven't done any other drugs really, like not any that I think are particularly bad. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, can you talk about your anxiety levels? Sure. Now? Because I just feel well, I like don't. You are uh, so I don't really steady. suffer from anxiety. I've gone from having it where it's yeah. like ten times a day. I think you can't stop anxiety. Things will happen to you. I think you can have like. I just feel like anxiety isn't something that belongs to you, but you experience it. So like mm. you, you still are going to experience it, but it's mm. like you either have these tools to move on and move past it or you don't and you mm. kind of get hung up in it. Sure. But also I think the main thing is from doing the Wim Hof, that would, that was a, that made me able mm-hmm. to start. It's kind of like a missing piece of the puzzle. Like as beautiful as plant medicine is, I want everyone to just have access to it. Yeah. But I really don't think it is for everyone. And it's like 
it can kind of expedite mm. your healing or show you what you can yeah. do, but you can kind of skip that step if well, you don't feel like it's for you and just go straight to the breath work. Yeah, the beautiful thing is it's the the catch twenty two with plant medicine is I'm being an addict is you have to go on the diet mm. and anyone that's had addiction problems knows yeah if you're an addict how are you expected to give up the thing you're addicted to for 10 or 15 right. days I'd say if you can't do the ayahuasca do the breath work and try that every day and see how you get on you know like looking at when your life is a mess and it's like whether you have addiction to like serious things mm. like drugs or alcohol mm. or it's these little addictions mm. like comparison just as time consuming and life consuming sometimes mm. it seems like such a big task to change every little part of your life but mm. it's like once you just add one thing in that mm. allow like gives you relief like breath work you're able to just then do the next best thing for you and then make like another good decision and it's like you're kind of just layering 100%. all of these new habits that really yeah. do change things for you 100 percent I guess what would you say for anyone that is dealing with addiction now or anxiety? Like where would you tell them to start? With the breath work, I would just go straight into Wim Hof. I think yeah. it's been so beneficial for me. That style of breath work, it's crazy. It's like, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but you just feel so relieved. I think it's good because it's such a quick way to get into it. And it's a like solid yeah. introduction. And it's and, really easy to do. And like the breath that I teach with three-part breath, I think it's so important, but I think it's something that you want to be walked through the first time, either in a group setting or with someone that mm. can guide you through it because a lot of things do come up. Mm. Whereas like the Wim Hof breath, breath work is a really good way mm. to just get some relief in the moment. Mm. Um, I would go with Wim Hof and I would start Qigong straight away. Mm. Um Qigong is you'll get similar benefits but with Qigong because you're doing movement you become really euphoric I would speak to people as well if you've got drug addictions like speak go and like try and get like therapy is good counseling is good mm -hmm. it will help it won't it might not help you on a long term but it will help yeah um so I would speak to some people and really you just want to center yourself around friends that are really positive a positive impact on your life Mm -hmm. um and just that's really important once you do all those things you will see mm -hmm. a huge change i think it's so cool that you can talk about this and even hearing you talk about it like it's hard for me to connect it with you because you are just mm. so on the other side now and i think it's so inspiring mm. for anyone going through something like this just to know that that's actually possible that's such a good point because i mm -hmm. spent 10 years on and off being an addict um and i didn't actually think it was possible to stop being an addict yeah i didn't think there was an end of the end of the line and like that's probably why i cried mm. you know a few times like during ceremonies or just outside mm. of ceremonies when i would relapse yeah because i didn't think there was an, the end of the line mm. if you feel anxious now mm. or you know if you feel anxious in 20 minutes do the breath work as soon as you have that horrible feeling yeah do you and if feel you, like the, the cravings are coming up less and less the more that you like are able to diffuse them? With I think with drugs, with ketamine now, I don't have any cravings at all. Yeah. I'm still a little bit addicted to cigarettes. Mm. You know, you've seen what I've been like. I don't really smoke. I have the odd cigarette probably once every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm in a good place, but I do th- still feel like I've got a cigarette addiction because that's mm. still early days. Coffee, mm-hmm. I'm still very addicted to coffee, and I don't drink coffee. I I don't I haven't had yeah. coffee for a while. You've seen it, but you're so good because I will drink coffee yeah. in front of you, which I feel bad about. Yeah, but and that's a really good, good point. Don't hang around other addicts. <laughs> Bailey is a coffee addict, and I hang around I her, and it's tough. Enough. Oh yeah, you do. But I like the smell. It's yeah. it's tough because. Uh, you know, you still get those cravings because I mean, you know, there's no such thing as a ketamine cafe. You don't walk past ketamine cafes and say, oh, that looks nice. But coffee shops, you see them every day, you get the smell. So you get the cravings. So I think that's something about like, you think about people that have these addictions that aren't totally classified as addictions and it's like it's so well, easy to get access to yeah well uh, the only reason people don't classify them is because coffee is legal yeah you know but it is it has got as much as it's great it's got some yeah. nasty effects as well and it sounds like really intense to be like oh coffee's a drug but like it, it really is. is and i notice my anxiety levels if like i've yeah. been drinking decaf and that has like a little bit but whenever i drink coffee like regular coffee i will notice yeah. my anxiety and the like 24 hours after sure. just is so much more intensified yeah it's really it's yeah, strong stuff yeah. i don't really have have anxiety anxious moments yeah. or you yeah. know addictive moments so i don't need to do it and i think the other thing that's encouraging as well is like with breathwork i think some people are intimidated thinking that it has to be this perfect practice but it's really something that like once you learn it you can do like short breathwork exercises just in the moment you could do a few minutes at, a day at a time yeah it doesn't take long it's not going to affect your day yeah. so just i would just do it mm-hmm. um and it's it, it would even be beneficial before like a meeting before a job interview anything mm-hmm. You'll find ways. When you get into it, you'll realize it's like uh, it's almost like a drug for you. It's a whole 360, you know. Exactly. Get high in your own supply. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining my podcast, Adam Diamond. Where can the people find you? You don't. Um, you don't really Instagram. I don't. I'm on Instagram, but look, anyone that. you know, if you're suffering from any of the issues I've brought up and you do want to connect with me, mm. get in contact with Bailey. Mm. Um, Definitely. And she will put you in contact with me and I'd be happy to talk to anyone that... And, you know, I, I feel passionate about helping people. So mm-hmm. if there is anyone I can help, yeah. if you are going through these issues, where not necessarily just drug addiction, but just anxiety, which mm-hmm. is such a common issue, get in contact and I would be happy to speak to you and like give you some give you know give you some tips you're such a good person for it it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having having me on your show